0: we pray for you guys every morning. If you go on our prayer line, our prayer pastor, um, Pastor Wittenham, is over that. And we pray consistently every morning. We don't just say, I'm going to pray for you and go on our business. We actually pray. And that's why we see miracles in this church. We see turnaround. Through the trials and tribulations, the enemy cannot destroy us. You know why? He's not strong enough. And prayer is powerful. When we pray, God hears. In Jesus' name. I have a word this morning for us. It's not, a, it's not my word. It's his word. And this word is kind of unique because it's subjective. Meaning that it's personal. I'm praying that it touches everyone. But it might not. Because the way God moves and the way God operates is, is diver. It's called the manifold wisdom of God. He works in different ways. He's not really absolute in how he works. He's wise. His ways are above ours. His thoughts are above ours. But as we study the word, we see things that work or, or we see God's hand working in people's lives in the Bible like he's working with us. And we get encouraged. So hopefully this word touches everyone but if it doesn't, I'm looking for that one person. It could be one. I'm not here to impress anyone. You guys love me. I love you. I'm home. I'm not nervous. But I, but I do have a word. God gave me this word in December. And my wife was a witness, my witness. Last week, the word was turning in my heart. And I said, babe, I have to preach soon. This is before I knew it. And I got the phone call. You're preaching on Sunday. And I said, there it is. And I told her so that she's a witness, God will speak to you, God will have mercy on us because we're human, we can't help anyone, but we can be an instrument of righteousness. And God can use our vocal cords and our mind and, and our study time to bless someone else. So I'm praying this morning that God will bless you in Jesus' name. Get your Bibles, please. We're going to the first scripture I'm reading from is Hebrews 11, verse 1 and 2. And also Romans chapter 4, verse 18 through 21. You'll notice with, with my own personal ministry, I'm very simple. It's A, B, C. So I'm praying that everyone will understand what I'm saying so that faith could be produced and you can move according to what you have heard and receive your reward. Amen. Hebrews 11. Let's read together in unison. I have the King James, by the way. So if you do not have King James, don't read out loud because it might be confusion. (laughs) Let's read it. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. In Romans chapter 4, 18 through 21, Speaking of Abraham, it says, who against hope believed in hope. That is important. Who against hope. His circumstances were were hopeless. What God said to him didn't match up to what he saw. But the Bible says against hope, he believed in hope. That is powerful. That he might become the father of many nations. According to what? To that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. God spoke, he hoped, and here we go. Verse 19, and being not weak in faith, let's say faith, he considered not his own body. Not being weak in faith, he considered not his own body. Now dead. (laughs) When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. We see hope and deadness in the same context. Only God does that. 20. It says he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. That's so important. Make a make a mental note of that. God said, the word says, He staggered not. At the promise of God through one belief. But was strong in what? Faith. Giving glory to God. If you want to give God the glory, it's more than just saying it. Be strong in faith. Believe God when he speaks. God speaks different ways. He speaks orally. He speaks through his word, through preaching in our conscience. But when God speaks and you hear it, believe him. And you will give God the glory. What's up, Roger? My brother, Amen. 21. Last it says, and being fully persuaded that he that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Amen. Powerful. It's the word of God. I want to preach quickly on this subject. Get a grip. Everybody say it. Get a grip. Say, hold on. Get a grip. Can you please grip someone's hand next to you? Grip their hand tight. Don't hurt them, but tight enough to make a point. Grip someone's hand and hold it. Hold it. Stay connected to the body. Connect yourself to someone. Praise God. We're going to pray the prayer of faith. And we're going to pray the peace of God that pass all understanding to flow right now in the church. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, let your peace, God, Rest on this church in the name of Jesus. Let the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus right now. As we connect, God, let love flow, let hope flow, let faith flow through your church, through your body. You are the head of the church, and we are your people. And we love you, God. We need you today. We're not sure about tomorrow. Tomorrow, yesterday's gone, but today, God, we need you today we need a word. Today we need faith to believe. Help us God. Move in us Lord. Hallelujah. Push us Lord God into destiny in the name of Jesus Christ. We rebuke the enemy. We rebuke him in the name of the Lord. The Lord is strong hallelujah and mighty in battle in the name of Jesus Christ. We shall live and not die. We shall declare the glory of God. We shall declare the works of our Lord in Jesus name in Jesus name you may be seated hallelujah oh God yes 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 he's here what a wonderful place to be in the church I was glad when they said unto me let us go unto the house of the Lord glad my son Israel he loves it he can't wait in the morning to get dressed to come to church and dance to the altar. This is the place to be, in the church, amongst God's people. If I fall, I want to fall right here. Because I know if I fall at his feet, I'm getting back up. He's a mighty God. Get a grip. Get a grip. Hold on tight. I want to give you an illustration that, that I wrote. I'm trying to be a screen writer. I'm joking. But I wrote an illustration so that we can have a mental picture of get a grip. Amen? So get a grip. It's like the movie scene where the hero has just rescued the damsel out of the hands of the assailant. And they are being pursued relentlessly through the, through, through, through the busy streets of New York. The sound of heavy artillery resounding through the streets. The sound of tires screeching and cars exploding as the chase comes to its climax. The bridge. You know how it is. The damsel who was driving the escape car while the hero held off the enemies. Lose control and the car goes off the side of the bridge getting caught in the railings at the last possible minute. The damsel is thrown out of the front seat. On top of the windshield, as the car hangs vertically off the side of the bridge. As she lay helplessly on the windshield. That's what you hear as they're running. You hear all that noise and commotion going on. That's my sound effects, by the way. Praise God. (laughs) As she lay helplessly, right, she fell on the windshield. Helplessly, can't move, vulnerable, stuck in a rut. Amen? Then we see or hear the sound that we dread so much. It's the sound of crackling glass. (laughs) If the windshield shatters, the damsel will plunge into the Hudson River to her death. Every moment counts, and the hero only has a few minutes to rescue her. He works his way down the hanging car, and as the glass shatters from underneath her, as she begins her descent to doom, the hero reaches down and grips her hand. As we watch the scene, we are confident in the strength of the hero, big biceps and broad shoulders, but we are more focused on the frailty of the damsel. And we shout, hold on! That's what it means to get a grip. This movie scene sounds like life. Last year, December 24th, a normal day, Christmas Eve, my guys who I've been with for a long time who work for me, my company, Came to work, normal day. My key worker came to work coughing. (coughs) It was cold that morning. I said, Hey, you you all right? He was strong, no signs of anything. And he said, Yeah, I'm fine, just coughing this morning. I said, You know what? Just go home and um, take the day off. I'll see you next week, Monday, by the way. It's a holiday. Enjoy yourself. All right, Travis, I'll see you. That day was the last time I've spoken to that man. No signs of weakness, no signs of illness, no warning, no prayer line requests, suddenly. And me, Pastor Rittenham, Pastor Bishop Kyle, we went to the hospital that that, that day I found out. We prayed for him. His family came. And that day he died. He left this earth. But that's common, especially if you have noticed from December 24th to today, haven't we been hearing some suddenly things going on? I called my sprinkler guy who does sprinklers for me two days ago. He was just telling me about his son, how he's a great kid and he loves him and he's respectful. I called him. I said, hey, man, I have a job for you. Sure. But when I was speaking to him, something was different about him. I said, hey, hey, what's going on? He said, oh, I'm having a hard time. I said, yeah, that's life. He said, no, no, it's a little different than that. I said, what what, what? what happened? He said, my son got killed at work. Got up in the morning, going to his work truck. Someone came behind him, stabbed him four times. Yesterday was a funeral. Get a grip. It's time for us to get a grip on Jesus Christ. Yes. Last Sunday, we're at church. Pastor preached the house down as usual. I leave church going home. My brother calls me from Georgia, Anthony. Let's pray for him also. He's baptized and he's a great guy. God is saving him. He calls me, hey, you heard what happened? What do you mean, what, what, what happened? About Kobe. Because I'm a Kobe fan since, you know, forever. And I'm like, what? He got a new deal, you know, what, what's going on? Nah, man, Kobe died. Stop playing, I'll call you back. Hung the phone up. Went to Google, I was sourced, right? <laughs> I didn't say anything. I thought it was fake news. But as time went on, I realized it was true. And I don't know him, but because of everything happening, the rumors of war in Iran, impeachment trials, confusion everywhere, all that compiled up came came to me. I'm like, man, I start to realize that life is short. Yeah. I begin to realize that you could be, not only that, real quick, because this is important, too, also, Someone sent me a clip of a pastor preaching, powerful preaching. He was preaching the house down, and he just dropped dead. It's on YouTube. And I saw it, and I was like, man, no one is safe. But then I remembered the words of the Holy Ghost. It's appointed once for man to die, then the judgment. David said, teach me to number my days. Teach me to to realize, praise God, that my days are short, that I'm not going to be here forever. There's wisdom when we consider that we are frail and that we are weak and that we need God. Our perspective changed. The whole world perspective changed. But the difference is the world says, okay, I'm going to focus and I'm going to get rich or die trying because I have one life to live. The church says, I'm going to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things shall be added unto me. It's the same mentality when when, when we see things happen in life, but a different response. Amen. It's a different response. But Christ told us in John 16, 33, he says, these things have I spoken unto you. That in me ye might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So the question is, how do we overcome? First John five four. The word of God is true. For whatsoever is born of God, praise God. That's great. Let's stop there. Whatsoever is born of God, not of flesh. But of God, how does that happen? By water and spirit. Through water baptism in the name of God, Jesus Christ. And being filled with his spirit, you are born again. So that person, that thing, (laughs) that creature, whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh The world, even our faith. Everybody say faith. That's what God is looking for in the earth. When the Son of Man comes back, will he find what? Faith in the earth. Praise God. A popular radio show host asked someone this question. Listen very carefully. He says, why do so many people question God and faith? after a tragedy or crisis and here is his response we hear it all the time when things happen people begin to question god and they get depressed and down right and he says this for us it's our faith that gets us through these terrible moments he says you can't you really can't get someone to believe who doesn't believe God cannot be explained. He must be revealed. Hallelujah. That's powerful. I can't, I, can't ex- I can't prove I have a headache. I can't prove my stomach is hurting. But that's my experience. It's real. It's my experience. That's how it is serving God or having the Holy Ghost in you. I can't prove to you. I really can't. <laughs> I can't prove to you I heard God's voice. I can't prove to you that he leads me every day and speaks to me every day. And that's why I worship him. I can't prove to you that my tongues are real. But I know that my God and my Redeemer lives. And I know that he is in me. And he that is in me is greater than him that's in the world. That's my faith. I know. And no one can take it from me. When God filled me with the Holy Ghost, that was for me to believe. For me to know that he has chosen me and accepted me. And if you don't believe that, that's your business. But what I will do, I will preach the gospel. And I will love you. I will hug your neck. And I will preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. 1 Timothy 6.12 says this, fight. Everybody say fight. Fight the good fight of faith. He says, "Lay hold on, hold on to eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Hold on, church. Hold on, church. 2020 has been prophesied to be a a blessed year. But we see already that in the blessing, there's tribulation. There's persecution and affliction. And for us to really, truly enjoy the blessings of God this year, we have to hold on. Not hold on to man or flesh, but hold on to Christ. Hold on to Jesus Hold on to his unchanging word in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. I want to quickly speak about hope and faith. Going back to Romans chapter 4, verse 18 through 21. 18 says, who Abraham, again, who's the father of faith, by the way, who's the father of us all. He's an example for all of us, children to older people. He's our example. He walked by faith and not by sight. And many of us here are walking that same journey. God has spoken. And we're walking to a place we have not seen before. We're called to do things we have have no model for. God is like that. He'll call you to do something that you have no reference. But the justified, the just, the blood-washed believers shall live by faith. Right? This is the way it is. This is the way it is. We live by faith. Praise God. But let's talk about hope. Because the Bible says, who against hope believe in hope. And hope is very important. And hope is essential to our Christian character. The Bible says these three, these three things will always remain faith, hope, and love. Let's say it real quick faith, hope, and love. Prophecy will go. Tongues will go, all these things will, will cease. But faith, hope, and love will always abide, will always be. They're very, they're very, very important to our Christian character. Definition of hope, number one, a desire of some good accompanied with at that, with that least a slight expectation of obtaining it. Or a belief that it is obtainable, okay? You're you're, you're expecting something. This is hope. Praise God. Hope differs from wish and desire in this, that it implies some expectation of of obtaining the good desired, or the possibility of possessing it. Hope, therefore, always gives pleasure or joy, whereas wish and desire may produce or be accompanied with pain and anxiety but we just wish and 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 desire stuff a lot of times it comes with anxiety and pain because these desires aren't based on anything solid they're based on following other people who we see trying to keep up with our neighbors praise god hearing things on youtube that 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 Sparks our attention and, and we desire it, but God never said you could have. Or God is not doing it that way. It comes when we covet stuff. Make sense? And that's the opposite of hope. Praise God. Confidence in a future event. The highest degree of well-founded expectation of good. As a hope founded on God's gracious promises. A scriptural sense. Hope is produced by the word of God. In Romans 8, it says we're saved by hope also. Read it when you get home. Romans chapter 8. It says that we are saved by hope. But this hope is grounded in scriptures. Romans fifteen four says this. For whatsoever things were written aforetime, were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. When we read God's promises, it produces hope. First, hope and faith are different. That's very important. When we read scriptures, we see that God's a healer, that he's a provider. It gives us hope and it informs our emotions. That's why hopeless people commit suicide. Because hope is powerful, it's fuel. It keeps us going, it keeps our minds strong. I want to give you some comparisons to hope and faith. Number one, they differ in respect of their office, of their working. Faith tells what is to be done. It teaches, prescribes, and directs. But hope stirs up the mind that it may be strong. Bold, courageous, that it may suffer and endure adversity, waiting for better things. That's hope. It keeps us going through what we're going through. And faith, hope, and love are like cousins or, or family. They work hand in hand. Faith is not important, more, more important than hope. And hope is not, is not more important than love. But love <laughs> is the key thing. So love is the umbrella that keeps faith and hope together. Love love is the grandmother in the family that keeps all the siblings together. We understand that, right? Grandma, she keeps everyone together. She she keeps them close. That's what love, love is God himself. God is love. Amen? Praise God. Number two. They differ as touching their object, that is, the special matter we to, they look. Faith has for her object the truth, the word of God that makes us free. Teaching us to cleave surely thereto and looking upon the word and promise of the thing that is promised. Hope has for her object the goodness of God, it's different, and looks upon the thing which is promised in the word, that is, upon such matters as faith teaches us to hope for. I want you to, before I even say that, you know, hope is founded on scripture and our apostolic belief is the main source of ineffable happiness. When we see the apostles and what they taught, that gives hope. That gives us hope that that, that God will save anyone. They went into places that was vile and they preached Christ and people's lives were changed. When we see the order of God, what God teaches us, we don't change it because we know it works. We don't alter his word because for us to have the hope of glory, we have to be in the scripture and it has to be word for word in Jesus' name. Psalm 119, David said this, 119, 49, and 50. Write this down. He says to God. This is a prayer. Remember the word unto thy servant. Have God spoken to you before. He says, remember the word I spoken that, that that the word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. When you called me, God, remember what you have said. When you when I'm sick in my body and I read your word and it says by your stripes I'm healed. Remember the word unto your servant. When I'm struggling to pay bills, God, and I'm doing my best to serve you, remember, Lord, the word unto your servant. You said that you will supply my need according to your riches in glory. And I'm weak, God. It is your word that calls me to hope. It's what you have said about me that lifts my countenance, Lord. It's what you have said about me, God, that gives me hope in this hopeless world. It's a great prayer to pray. 50 says, this is my comfort in my affliction. For thy word has quickened me or made me alive. Pick me up in Jesus' name. God's word is powerful. It produces hope. The world out there is hopeless. They have no peace because they're doing things with a carnal mind. One of the main things that we have now going on is mental health, we all hear it. Mental health, that's the main thing now. And you know why it's it's so prevalent now? It's because we have more information, more garbage going out on our phones, on our tablets. We have access to more foolishness now. And it's causing people to be hopeless. It's producing desire, but desire bring on, desire based on what you just see produces anxiety and pain. But hope produces what? Strength in the mind and comfort. But I want you to, to, to hear this quote that I saw when I was studying in one of my dictionaries. that I have a Bible dictionary, by the way. And this is going to kind of change things a little bit. Here's a quote. You ready? It says, he that lives upon hope will die fasting. Think about that. I see some faces go, what? Mm Mm-hmm. He that lives upon hope, that lives upon hope will die fasting. Why would someone say that? Because the Bible says That faith is the substance of things hoped for. God never intended us to stay in hope. But he wants us to move on to faith. Because the just shall live by what? Faith. Hope is important. It's God's way. But we must go from faith to faith. And from glory to glory, it's a road, it's a progression. God shared this with me in December when I started this this road on hope and faith. He said, my people, the church, are masters at hope. Every Sunday, hope, 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 and we get pumped up and get down again, pumped up and down again, pumped up and down again. There there are people out there called hope preachers. They preach hope, but never substance. It never materializes. It keeps us coming back for more drugs, more spiritual drugs, but we don't really have faith in Christ. It's not a rebuke. It's an encouragement. It's an enlightenment. The Lord wants us to have what? Faith. When the Son of Man comes back, will he find hope? No. No. Will he find faith? Will he find substance for things hoped for? The evidence of things not seen. God is not trying to just give you hope, give us hope and leave us right there. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. But God wants his hope to keep us strong mentally, to have peace until we receive what we have hoped for. Because if we receive what we have hoped for, that's not hope at all. Romans chapter 8, too. Read that also later on. But hope is is important. It's the beginning. But we need substance. Not only say, God, I believe in healing, but never receive it. And I know sometimes there's exceptions, but God will always tell you. God is not the author of confusion. If God doesn't heal you, he will let you know. Is that true? I'll give you an example. Paul, he prayed three times. Nothing happened. But Christ did not leave it there. He told him. He said, my grace is made sufficient for you. He told, he explained to him, he said, Paul, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to deliver you from this, but I'm not going to leave you just hoping and hoping and hoping. I'm going to let you know. What's going on? My grace is sufficient. For some of you here, that could be your word this morning. My grace is sufficient for you. But the Lord, our Lord, who is faithful, will always let you know what it is. Pastor Kyle always mentioned his mother. And God took her. But didn't God tell him why? He explained, he said, this is why, my son, I did it. And that brings what? Peace. And even more faith and hope, right? Because God is in control. He's not a wicked God. Can we give God a hand, please? Praise God. Amen. So, faith, this is what faith is. The Greek word is pistis. That's good to know, right? It means to win over. But it means to persuade. I like that word because we see in Romans 4, it says that Abraham was fully persuaded. Now we know why he was fully persuaded. I mean, he was full of what? Faith. Faith could not be produced by human effort. And I thank God for that because I will mess it up every time. God is the one that gives us the measure of what? Faith. It starts with him. He infuses it in us. He gives it to us. He is the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. He is the author of our faith. It's in his hands. So faith is something that persuades us. It, 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 It makes us move. Subjectively meaning firm persuasion, conviction. This is personal now. Belief in the truth. Reality or faithfulness, though rare. That's personal. God will personally persuade you to do different things. But objectively, meaning the whole now, meaning that which is believed but is rooted in doctrine, the received articles of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I want to give you a secret about faith. That's not really a secret, but you probably know this already. It's not easy to have faith. God showed me this, and I was like, Lord, this is so good. To have faith, you have to be consecrated. You have to focus your whole being on the word of God. There's so much rubbish out there competing for your attention, for my attention. Doctrines are being preached every day on YouTube. We don't realize it. But the prince of the air, the enemy, the principalities and powers that we are wrestling against are preaching every day. And it gets into our psyche. And it becomes hard for us to believe God. It becomes hard for us to really receive faith. Where God will say to us, let it be unto you as your faith. If you see in the word of God, it was the people's faith. That produced the miracle of God. Hallelujah. When the apostles were at the gate called beautiful. And the man, that lame man walked. They said to the people who were amazed. It's not our holiness. That have done this. It wasn't our church attendance. It wasn't our fast that did this. But faith in the name of Jesus did it. Because he believed God. He had pure faith. Pastor preached it probably two years ago, that it's not that we need more faith, but we need pure faith. We have too many things in our system, our body, that's competing for, for our attention, and we don't have pure, holistic faith, pure faith that, that we'll, we'll only believe what God say. and God wants that from us. Faith is ownership. It's the title deed of what's hoped for. It's like Buying a house and signing the deed before you move in. But you know you have it. It's in your hands, it's solid, it's done, it's mine, it's paid for. That's faith. Even if you don't see it, you believe it. You know it. It's done. It's concrete. That's why Christ says if you pray believing that you have received what you're praying for, you will have it. Praise God. Before it even comes, I know. Just say the word, God, and she will be healed. Don't come to my house. I believe already. That's faith. That's where God wants the church to be. That's where we need, that's where we want to be. We want to be there where God just speak the word and we just walk into it before we even see it. And say, the Lord has spoken and I believe. Look at, look at Abraham. Let's go to Abraham and I'm finishing up with Abraham. It says, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. I mean, Romans 4, 18, going going through 21. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. But 19 says this, and not being weak in what? Faith. He moved on from hope to faith. He says, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. We have to look at that now intently. What is Paul saying about the body being dead? You see, faith produced action. It wasn't good enough for God just to say, from your bowels will I bless the nation. He, he, He prophesied to Abraham that the Messiah pretty much is coming through you, through your seed. One seed, singular He was prophesying. and He's saying, I called you out to bring you in to bless everyone. You're the first one. From you. While his body was dead, it says. So now that God spoke that, if faith produces action, it persuades us, what is it saying here without being explicit? What does it say? It says, he considered not his own body dead. And he was about 100 years old, neither the deadness of Sarah. That means every night after God spoke, they known each other and came together on purpose. They began to move towards what God said. Every day, every week, she was checking her stomach, looking in the mirror and saying, all right, not today. And she'll call Abraham, Let's, come on, Abraham, I love you. And they'll try again. And she'll wait some time and keep checking herself if she coughs, like, oh, I'm coughing. I feel a little nauseous. It could be the t- it could be the day. Every day she checked, and because faith produces action, we have to move now. And it's not safe. Some people are waiting for the everything to line up before they move, and that's not biblical. And that's what I wanna I don't wanna say it's not biblical. Sorry. Remember, it's subjective. Some people have to wait. But some people have to seek and grasp. I'm going to show you the scripture. But it's not concrete. You have to decide yourself today if God is speaking to you on this. Okay? I told my wife this part. and She was like, ah. But I, but I, I, I know. I'm going to give you the scriptures. I'm going to talk about it. You decide for yourself. This is you. Amen? One thing, one thing about faith. Staying with Abraham. Faith does not answer the why, the when, or the how. But faith does answer the who and the what. When God speaks, it's not always as clear as we want it to be. He probably sometimes he won't tell you when or or why this happened to you, but he'll always tell you what, what he's called you to do. And he always tell you who, who is calling you, and who is speaking to you. Now you might say, and I did myself, but God, but how about Mary? She asked how. She said, how are these things going to happen? How am I going to have a child without knowing a man? But God never answered the how, really, he answered the who. He said, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you. And you will conceive Jesus. Sometimes it's not as plain as we think. And we have to remember that we're human. And God knows that our frame is weak. And he pity us as children. He pity us. Those that fear him, he he understands. I want to show you something that I'm done with Abraham. Consider this. In Genesis 12, we see God calls Abraham... And blesses him with the promise of Christ. He spoke to Abraham and said, "Abraham, I'm going to bless you. You could be a, a blessing to many nations." Right? We see the famine. He goes to Egypt. He didn't pray about it, but he went to Egypt. And then we see what happens there. He lies and gets his wife back. God never really rebukes him for it either. He just let him. He let, that's his son. He's watching him, and he protected him. Abraham was doing the best he could do to provide for his family. He didn't stay in the famine and just waited for God to speak. He moved. He lived life. He occupied until God came. Some of us don't occupy anymore. We're frozen. We're not doing anything at all. Live your life. Live and trust God. Let God lead you. Do stuff. Plan stuff. Plans belong to us, but God gives the answer to the tongue. That's Proverbs. He will supply. He will change your direction if he needs to. But remember, sometimes you will make mistakes and you will fail. Some of us are so scared of failure that we don't move. But the Bible says all things will work together, even your failures. When God calls you to do something, does not guarantee success. You have to try stuff and hit your toe and mess up. And try again. Because that's faith. That's how you prove to God that I believe. I'm not believing the, the, the report. The report of the enemy. But I'm believing what you have spoken. And I'm trying, Lord. In and, and 13, we see that he, he becomes rich, right? And he separates from Lot. Then God renews the promise to Abraham. And in Genesis 14, he rescues Lot he paid tithes. He's living. He's just going along. He's going in life, waiting for the promise. Genesis 15, it says that God encourages Abraham who complains for want of a here. Now here it is. God came to him. The word of God manifests himself to Abraham and spoke to him. Abraham said this. The first thing he said, God, you promised me a son, but Eliezer, my servant, is who's going, to, who's going to inherit my promise, the land? And God says, no, no, Abraham. Out of your own body will this seed come. Now we got to see something here. God never spoke about Sarah. He said, Abraham, I'm talking to you. Out of your loins, thank you, my brother, Will the seed come? All right, God. And the Bible says that Abraham, what? Believed God. He believed him. He never doubted. And it was accounted to him as what? Righteousness. Everything is good. So they move on now. And Abraham and Sarah, or Sarai at the time, is trying to bring to pass what God hath called him to do. They're working. They're working every day. And she's checking herself. And they're working and working. And we see here in, in, in verse 15. but well not 15, 16. Chapter 16. It says in verse 1, now Sarai, Abraham's wife, bear him no children. They're trying. And she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. In verse 2, and Sarai said unto Abraham, Behold, now the Lord has restrained me from bearing. She came to the conclusion that I can't have kids, Abraham. Let's see this now as a couple. Let's see it. Let's just see it for life. She's saying, Babe, it's not working. And it's me. I can't have any children. I'm trying, but I can't. I, I can't have children. So he says, So, so she said, Okay. Let's do this. Take my servant, Hagar, and maybe I will have children through her. She's seeking. She's just trying to come come up with a a solution. And verse 2 says this, And Sarai said unto Abraham, Behold, the Lord has restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abraham hearkened to the voice of Sarai. But we don't see God rebuking him. We don't see God saying, what are you doing? And actually, if you really look into the scripture, they were not not trying to be disobedient to God. But they were trying to fulfill what God has said. And a lot of times, we see that in life. People would demonize people for just trying in faith to do what God has called them to do. Whatever it is. Maybe God said to you, you know, I'm going to bless you with a house and you tried and things didn't work out. The whole deal went sour. People will say, oh, you're moving ahead of God. You're not moving ahead of God. You're trying, you're working it. You're working by faith. You're trying to see if this is God's will or not, this particular house. And sometimes we demonize people who are trying. I know that Abraham and Sarah was wrong because we say that. And we see what it produced, Ishmael. But if you look into the Bible right here in the word of God, in that story, God never rebukes them for Ishmael. a matter of fact, we, I, I know what I'm saying is true because of this. Look at this. Verse in um, Genesis 17. He has Ishmael and we're going forward. And Abraham said, and God said unto Abraham, now he's going to speak about Sarah for the first time. As for Sarah, thy wife, now she's in the equation. The same wife that we call rebellious sometimes, I hear that sometimes. She, she allowed Abraham to go against God. It's not true. She loved Abraham and she, wanted, she believed the report. She was trying to assist her husband and, 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 and bring to pass what God had said. It says that thou shalt call not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be. 16, and I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. And look at this, 17. That Abraham fell upon his face and laughed. He didn't, God never commanded him that at first that the child would come through Sarah. He didn't know. So that's why when God spoke to him and said, listen, I'm God. That same woman that can't bear children, I'm going to use her. And the Bible said that he laughed because he's human. We're human. God is a loving God. God is not giving you a word and waiting for you to mess up. To laugh at you. To say, to to, to rebuke you and correct you. We have to wake up people and get a grip on God and move forward. A lot of us here are so down every day. We we come to church and we praise God and, and we get hope. But we leave again discouraged by Tuesday and Wednesday because we're not moving by faith. God has spoken to you already. But you're not feeling for him. You're not seeing that maybe this could be what God has spoken of. And don't demonize yourself or people who are trying to see this is what God is talking about. People have bought property and land and the deal fell through. And we will rebuke them and say they didn't know what they're doing. But has God rebuked them? No. And if we look closely, we'll see many good things coming out of your failure. What What we say is failure. We will see so much lessons and truth. Come out of things that we consider bad. Because all things work together for the good. And look at Abraham. Verse 17, verse 18. And Abraham said unto God, after he heard about Sarai, he laughed and God checked him and said, no, it's going to happen. He said, oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. The same thing that the flesh produced He loves, he's asking God, but God, I thought that this was the one. And now I know it's not him. Bless him. And what did God do? Bless him. God will bless your efforts. Even though it might not be his divine will or purpose at that time. Because you're trying to seek after him. You're trying to see if this is what God's calling me to do. And you go forward, God will bless you because it's all about the motive. God sees the heart, God sees your motive. What's motivating you to do what you do? And sometimes and most times, God won't tell you every detail. But does it mean that we freeze up and do nothing? When the Bible says, Wait upon the Lord, that word wait means in expectation, you're planning. You're moving. You're working towards what God has spoken. Some of you are so depressed, so, so, so held down and bind up because you're not moving. And you're waiting on God to give you every detail. You're waiting on God to tell you everything and he's not doing it. He's saying, if you believe me, make a step. The steps, hallelujah, of a good man is ordered by the Lord. And he delight in his ways. That's every step. Good and bad. Good and bad. Is God ordering it. When you fall, you're afflicted. He's there with you. When you have victory, he is there with you. He is the good shepherd that leads his sheep. Don't beat yourself up. God is with you. He has spoken to you. Move. Move. Get a hold of God. In Jesus' name, my last scripture, Acts 17, 26 to 28, in the Amplified, it says that he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having it determined, he has determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their lands and territories. This is God's working. God has determined The appointed time for you, Brother Roger, Brother Walter. God has determined. He knows the times. He knows your boundaries. But we don't know. And it says in verse 27 this was so that we would seek God. God, where are you? I hear you, but I can't see where I'm going. I know you have spoken to me, but I can't see clearly where I'm going. Where are you, God? Grasping for God. It says, if perhaps they might grasp for him. Everybody say, get, get a grip and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. 28, for in him we live and move and exist That is, in him we actually have our being. As even some of your own prophets have said, for we also are his children. Let's stand. God is for you. Every step you take, he's with you. It's time for you now to get up out of your slumber. Get up out of your sleep and start to grasp for God. Start to reach for God. Because what God has spoken, the Bible says, He shall bring to pass. If you commit your ways to Him, Psalm 37, He will direct your path, and He shall bring it to pass. Pass. Sanctuary of the palm Beaches, God is for you. God is for you. Everyone in this building has a calling. Everyone in this building has direction that God has spoken. He's not going to tell you how or or when maybe or or all that but he will tell you what you need to do and and who is doing it. God is good. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. God, we love you. God, we thank you for hope. Hope not to be ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. But Lord, now that we have hope, Lord Jesus, in 2020, in this time of tribulation, affliction, persecution, we ask now, God, that you'll take us now into faith. Take us, God, into substance. Take us, God, where we have ownership now of what we have believed in, of the word you have spoken over our lives. God, order our steps, Lord Jesus. We know we're not perfect, God, and you know we're not perfect. And we thank you, God, for your compassion towards us, Lord, for your mercy, for your people. We thank you, God. And today, Lord, we decide now to grasp for you, to try to get a grip of your unchanging hand so you may lead us, Lord God, through the shadow of death, through the valley of the shadow of death. But because, God, we have you, we will fear no evil. For thou art with us. Thy rod and thy staff, the hope of God, it comforts us. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, God, take us, Lord God, to green pastures, Lord. Take us, Lord God, to to the still waters, Lord Jesus. Restore our soul, Lord. We need you, Lord Jesus. We need you. We need you today, God. And we decide to go forward. Bless, Lord, our efforts. We may have some Ishmaels in our lives. But we ask God oh, you'll bless our Ishmael. I may be on a job that wasn't designed for me. But because of fear, I'm here. But God, bless that job anyway. Until I have strength to move on. Hallelujah. I may be doing things, Lord God, that I know I shouldn't be doing, Lord. Because you have called me. To this, and my faith is weak, but God, I pray you'll bless me where I am. Have mercy on me, God, until I have strength to move forward. I'm holding on to you, Lord. There's some people here you haven't moved in faith yet because they're saving faith the first level or the, the greatest level to enter to the kingdom of God. You have heard the message, you have heard the gospel. And he says to repent of your sins. And he says to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you shall receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. But you haven't moved yet. You're hoping for change. But now it's time to go to faith. It's time to step out from where you are. Come down to the altar. Come to the throne of grace, and obtain mercy and grace and help in a time of need. If you have someone next to you, can you grab their hand, please, and come to the altar, Whoever it is. Whoever's next to you, I want to ask the church to come up to the altar. Let's consecrate ourselves unto God right now because we need Him. We need the Lord this morning. I hope that you have received this word this morning that it produces faith in you to understand that the good and the bad is all in God's hands and all you ask for is faith believe in faith that produces action if you know someone is not baptized in Jesus name I want you to minister to them right now and say and tell them that the Lord is calling them by name they don't have to clean up first they don't have to get things together first They have to be dangerous and radical and relentless and come to Christ as they are in the hope of glory. Praise God. We'll fill them with faith and love. Praise God. Let's pray, church. Pray for one another. Pray. The Lord is here. The Lord is here. We're not shouting right now. We're in deep consecration. He's speaking to your heart right now. He's bringing back to remembrance the things that he has spoken to you years ago. Things that you have not moved forward with. Things that you have known to do but have not done. It's time to get radical. It's time to be relentless. It's time to step out of mediocrity and enter into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violent take it by force God I pray for boldness this morning let there be a boldness Lord God in your people let there be a boldness Lord God in your people to move God to hope against all hope to believe you God in crazy circumstances to believe that the Lord my God is able to do all things in the name of Jesus like the master said what's impossible with man is possible with god hallelujah we worship you god we magnify your name lord we bless you in the name of jesus christ we we honor you lord hallelujah